On this episode, we watched Fantastic Four. The sequel to Fantastic Three. And the prequel to Fantastic Ten. everyone, and welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey, Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. Hey, guys. I'm Elliot Kalin. But you should know that, because you know me. All three of us are here, and it's just us. We're all alone, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Oh. oh, my God. Oh, uh. I didn't notice all these people until they started making noise. <laughs> because I have a brain disease. <laughs> it's a very special episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, like, I didn't realize, I didn't know this until way too late, that the reason that there are all those very special episodes is the government, like, paid the money to do that shit. Yeah. That's tax It dollars. was part of the Department of Special. Yeah, did people know that? <laughs> Make things more special. Reagan was like, America's got to realize it's special again. <laughs> uh, so this is a podcast where we watch a bad movie and we talk about it. And today... We watched what well, we're recording called... it with people. Yeah. It's oh, it's us. live. It's a live yeah. show. It's live in the bell house. Yeah. Yeah. The best venue in Brooklyn. <laughs> I I'm... say it's the best venue in the universe. <laughs> the weird thing about like this is like pandering to like the people who work at the bell house more than it is the audience. Kind of, they're this great. Point. Tip your bartenders. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so we watched the movie um, just down the street. At, uh, oh, I never heard of this movie just down the street that we watched. <laughs> uh, at our friends, uh, Ray and Stevens, they were kind enough to loan us their house so we could do what we do normally and uh, watch the movie right before we come so uh, it's fresh. <laughs> That's right. That's our greatest been, secret, Dan. Why did you share it? I've been doing... <laughs> because I've been doing this so long that I can no longer climax without seeing a bad movie beforehand. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. I, I just like to think that you, you get an hour and a half to two hours and 20 minutes of foreplay. <laughs> Before, bam, you're done. Yeah. Uh, baby, can we put on Fantastic Four while this goes on? <laughs> Dan, I feel like you're somewhere else. Wait, are you watching Bratz over my shoulder? No, 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 no. I'm uh, thinking of another woman. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so we, the movie Fantastic Four. We watched now. Which Fantastic Four was this? Because this is the third movie named Fantastic Four. <laughs> this is not the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. Okay, so it's fourth movie. Wait yeah. a minute. It's it should have been the, Fantastic then. This is not the J- Jessica Albert Fantastic Four. Jessica Albert. <laughs> yeah. The Silver Surfer did not rise in this one. Alan. No, he didn't. This is the uh, the new one with a hip young cast. It's got Whiplash in it. Whiplash mm-hmm. is there. It's got Creed. Not, but not Whiplash from Iron Man 2. Yeah. Whiplash from Whiplash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got Lady House of Cards. Yep. yep. House and, of Cards. Uh, and uh, Billy Elliot. Billy Elliot. Yeah. yeah. As Rockman, as you put it in your... <laughs> turtle. We call him Turtle. <laughs> okay. In America, we call him Mega Man. For, <laughs> for listeners to the podcast, that's a callback to something that you didn't see or hear because it happened before we started taping. Oh, the turtle thing. Yeah. 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 Just uh, drawing back the curtain. <laughs> anyway, Fantastic Four. 
Fantastic Four. This and is... boy, oh boy, was it a movie that we watched. That... Now, here's the thing. Hollywood is dedicated to getting the Fantastic Four right. They are sure there is there is money to be made in this property. They're going to crack this nut. It doesn't matter how many times it takes. They are they are going to make Fantastic Four. It's like a baseball match where you can have like 10 or 11 strikes and still be in the game. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like a baseball match. <laughs> David Kalen's not here to... So we can say whatever oh, we right. want. It's like we're kicking goals in basketball uh, or whatever. Sounds right to me. Uh, I don't know. We're shoving a ball through a hoop for some yeah, reason. Yeah, it's not as good. Yeah. Now, <laughs> as uh, as we as we realized while we were watching the movie, there was a good version of Fantastic Four already made. It was called yeah. The Incredibles. Yeah. Uh, or arguably sections of the Venture Brothers cartoon show. Yeah. Sure. But was this, how was this? This was neither of those things, <laughs> in case you forgot what we watched. Should we talk about how the movie went along? Yeah, uh, and it went along. <laughs> it was a, this is a movie that had a, what I would call a pacing problem. A, a lumpy structure. It is uh, mostly act one, and then act two starts, and we get through act two very quickly, and then suddenly and then act you... three arrives while act two is still going on, <laughs> and then the movie's over. Oh, I thought you were going to say that, yeah. Suddenly you realize that act two was act three. Yeah. I mean, that's, there was literally a point where we were, I was like, it's taken a while to get to this point. Okay, but we're, we're solidly in the middle of the movie now. And I went to check, and there were 15 minutes left in the movie, I think. <laughs> uh, but as everyone knows, Fantastic Four is the tale of four explorer-adventurer scientists. It begins at the dawn of time, 2007. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> the, uh, this, this version of the Fantastic Four opens, uh, as Stuart likes to say, uh, wait. In media res. Oh, I don't ever say that. That's not Oh, that's guess. true. I forgot. Uh, the, Smash cut. That's what I say. <laughs> you say both of those things. <laughs> the year is 2007. We all remember it. We were still going through the presidential campaign yeah, or whatever. Yeah, there's probably like slap bracelets or some shit. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. And everybody was talking about this MC Hammer guy. <laughs> but uh, Everybody was doing the Charleston. <laughs> uh, and uh, a young boy, young Reed Richards, is a super nerd who's hunched over his notebook in class, uh, just scribbling arcane mathematics and diagrams and things. Uh, and his teacher, played by, of course, Homer Simpson himself. Yeah, Dan da Castellaneta. Dan that was one of the better things in the movie. Who, for a moment, I confused with Jonathan Katz, because they look very similar, it turns out. Uh, he... They're, they're, they're they, doing now I want to see a buddy picture with the two of them. <laughs> That'd be great. Maybe they they're just brothers. They're, well, they're trying to parent trap people. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to parent trap their very old parents. <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> no, easy to trap old people, yeah. <laughs> they're already trapped in a retirement home. <laughs> they're trapped in their decaying bodies. <laughs> wow, Dan. Like we all are. It's hilarious. Good point. Good point, Dan. The day we're born is when we start dying. That's true. Now, uh, young Reed Richards is about to partake in the "What do I want to be when I grow up?" Uh, presentation because Something this we've teacher all been through, I'm sure. Yeah, because this teacher has no interest in teaching these children, <laughs> and he also seems to be a science teacher, which makes it doubly strange that he's doing this. And Reed Richards says, I want to be the, I want to invent teleportation. I want to be the first person to teleport, and I've done it. I've been building this machine. 
This is frowned upon by his teacher, who declares such a thing impossible. Uh, but it What's ca- weird, though, is he says he wants to be, when he grows up, he wants to be that guy. But if he's that close, does he just expect to, like, dick around for 10 years? <laughs> yes. He wants to do it. And then go through puberty and and grow oh, when up he's a grown up, he just wants to like that, bask in that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he wants to Get be famous right as the cars. guy who did it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that catches the eye of young Benjamin Grimm, uh, played by one of the friends from Fresh Off the Boat, who uh, work who we see with his not so happy life living at a junkyard <laughs> because apparently he's one of Riff Raff's gang. But uh, and uh, because there's some weird touches throughout the movie, they take. A lot of liberties with the stories in the comics, which is fine. Well, and they'll throw in a weird touch just to be like, we read the comics. So Benjamin Grimm's family is very clearly Jewish. Like they have a menorah, they have a mezuzah, like he's Jewish in the comics. But they are the most Queens Italian Jewish family I think I've <laughs> yeah. ever seen. There is nothing Jewish about them except that they have a menorah on the yeah, show. Yeah, there's a lot of slapping of the ears of the kids. <laughs> well, which what? I guess is, I mean, now I feel like that's an Italian slur and I feel bad that I said I'm not that. the one who brought up that it was the slapping that made me think that, but. And also they live in a junkyard, which is, I guess, comes from the Jewish merchant tradition of being a bone and rag man. <laughs> That's <laughs> that you would in the in the 21st century, of course, you'd be involved with machinery parts. But uh, uh, he finds uh, in the junkyard young Reed Richards trying to find a power converter or some garbage, and he a flux capacitor. A flux capacitor. And uh, it's some kind of it's kind of oscillation overthruster or some yeah, nonsense. That's right. And. Uh, he says, I'll give you the parts you need, but you got to make me your buddy. And so they go to uh, Reed Richards' Primer Garage, which is essentially the garage from Primer. And he's got a shit ton of Nintendo 64. Reed Richards' Primer up. Garage. Sounds like a place where you sell paint. <laughs> Come on yeah. down to Reed Richards' Primer Garage. You got all your primer needs. We don't sell normal paint, only primer. Only primer. <laughs> that paint's all the way up on the shelf. Let me get a ladder. No need, stretch. Bring it down. You see, my ability to stretch gives me a leg up in the primer selling business. <laughs> so, it's not a pun. Oh, I don't know why there was that. a groan like it was a pun. Uh, they, they, uh, they plug in this machine to try to make, what, a little toy car teleport or something? That yeah, sounds right. Car. They're kids. They like toy cars. They're playing with matchbox cars and things sure, like why not? that. And uh, in the process... He blows a circuit and blacks out New York. Uh-oh. The famous 2007 blackout. Except that, like, there, I don't know why they didn't pick a year where there was a big blackout. Yeah. Like, yeah, why have a blackout in New York if you're not going to use it for the Fantastic Four movie, am I right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Always take advantage. Every crisis is an opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> Smash cut. Smash cut, thank you. Now it's what, like seven years later? Yeah, seven or eight. Now years. they're... Grown-ups, by which I mean teenagers. Mm-hmm. And they... Now, here's a weird thing. They're in a science fair where he is finally ready to unveil his teleportation device. A science fair in a gymnasium. A science fair in a gymnasium, as many science fairs are set in. Uh, but Dan Castellaneta is still the teacher, and all the other contestants at the science fair we see are children. And so it's like his teacher thought so little of his teleportation math that he held him back for seven years. Until now, he is almost old enough, almost at the age of consent, but he's still, like, in, what, fourth grade? <laughs> yeah. Fifth grade? It doesn't make sense. He, uh, once again, causes havoc with his device. Ben Grimm, played now by Billy Elliot, is loyally at his side uh, because they're just best buds. And, like, yeah. you, know, you want your pals to be with you when you're at the science fair. Yeah, he's a tough guy. He doesn't want to get picked on. around in case he gets beat up by bullies or something. Except he's shorter than Miles Teller, who's playing Reed Richards. He's scrappy. <laughs> okay. 
You should support him as a short, short gentleman yourself. You should. Uh... I mean, he's not actually short. He's just shorter than the guy he's ostensibly protecting. Yeah. All right. I'm just saying. <laughs> your theory doesn't doesn't ring out. Anyway, uh, they <laughs> they cause trouble, and the, uh, Homer Simpson is not happy about it. They do not win the science fair, but they do catch the eye of one Mr. Storm and his daughter Susan Storm, <laughs> who just hang out at high school uh, science fairs, they, looking and for they, breakthroughs. They accidentally destroy the backboard on a basketball hoop, and Dan Castanola. Uh, I'm not going to try and say that again. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Danny C. I pulled a Dan, uh, <laughs> but he's like, "You're going to pay for that," and that's crazy. He's a kid. I mean, probably his parents are going to pay for it. Exactly. Okay. That's it. Thanks. <laughs> All right. I, I'm glad. I'm glad. We, I'm done. We worked out your one problem with the movie. <laughs> yeah. We'll get it all checks out. It's a perfect movie. Let's speed it up a little bit. They are from the Baxter Foundation, which is a, where a, a prodigy whiz kids go to build the technology of the future, which uh, takes a lot of welding and computers. Uh, we don't, and we know they're working on teleportation too, or as they call it interdimensional travel because in this movie teleporting dimensional travel and other planets are kind of just all the same thing it is not a particularly science-based film which is okay because it's a movie about a rock man and a fire guy yeah <laughs> and a stretchy and dude stretchy so that's okay and an invisible lady uh they're all working together at this super kid science lab I thought for a second that Ben Grimm got to go too, but he didn't. He is just moving Miles Teller's bags like a bud. And we don't check up on him for a while. Yeah, he's just doing. He's just working at the junkyard, you know. Yeah, <laughs> he's like uh, Fat Albert, or uh, I don't know, like Heathcliff. He lives in a junkyard, right? Heathcliff lives in a house. Riff Raff lives in a junkyard. Oh, okay. And I don't mean Riff Raff from Rocky Horror Picture Show. He lives in a big spooky house, <laughs> but he's from another planet. That reminds me of Rocky Horror Picture Show. I kept wanting when the yeah, thing Yeah, because I just mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> when the thing, but when the thing was around, I kept wanting uh, Frank and Furter to come out and go, Oh, Rocky. <laughs> yeah, because he's made of rocks. Yeah, no, that's right. Shut up, Brian, his day. The head of the... Uh, Mr. Storm also brings back into the fold young... Victor Von Doom, a ne'er-do-well kind of bad boy who spends most of his time hanging out in the basement of an abandoned warehouse playing video games and is from the Eastern European nation of Latveria. And everyone makes comments as if he has an accent, but he does not have an accent. <laughs> uh, but Tim Blake Nelson, who's the head of some kind of, I guess the head of the foundation... Uh, he's like a military man who like is funding the foundation and is like, I need to see military results. I guess so, yeah. He does not like bringing Von Doom in, but what are you going to do? Uh, so they bring him in. They all work together. <laughs> and, and frankly, what is like... And they, and they also bring in Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm, the other son, who is a hot-headed, hot-rod hotter, who <laughs> is also a genius, because everyone in the movie is a genius, uh, but he's a ne'er-do-well as well, also Well, that a bad comes boy. from, like, the Marvel era where everybody's a super scientist, right? I mean, that's now, basically. Oh, okay. That's, and it's one of the... If I can go on a tangent for a moment. One of the, <laughs> one sure, of, okay. One of the issues I have with the current Marvel Universe is if you're a scientist in one field, you're instantly a genius in all fields. So Bruce Banner, who is a nuclear physicist, can also invent, like, teleportation rays and cure people of things, which doesn't make any sense. Every scientist can do everything in the Marvel Universe. Peter Parker is, like, I don't know, doing, doing surgery? I don't know. I mean, that's, that's pretty, I think that's pretty simple if you can make like a web shooter that creates a sticky substance that stays hard forever. <laughs> no, it only lasts an hour and then it dissolves. 
Wait, what? That... Otherwise, every time he shot J. Jonah Jameson in the mouth, he would have killed him. <laughs> <laughs> so why did he keep doing it? <laughs> yeah, Peter Parker at that point just becomes a serial killer who super glues people's mouths shut in like a sort of a strange land sort of situation and or now, something. And now Dexter's got to go get him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The crossover we've been waiting for. <laughs> Uh, so they're all working on this teleportation device. Turns out they make it work, and they manage to send a chimpanzee to a far-off planet full of rocks and glowing lava. Whoa. Mr. Storm makes very inflated claims for what they can do with this planet. And they use a CGI, they use a CGI chimpanzee, so you don't actually feel nervous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't feel nervous about it. Yeah. Uh, and, and Mr. Storm is saying, like, this planet will help us figure out the origins of the human race, new forms of energy that will free us that from climate change. Sense. You don't know anything about this planet, dude. Like, do not, yeah. don't make claims. That's he's crazy. Just, you know, he's just telling that to the military because this is a real sweet pork project for him, you know? Mm, sweet pork. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so yeah, like maple a maple glazed ham. Like a pork bun. Like, you know, you get it at Momofuku or something. Now, why, sweet pork. why didn't they just work on making a better pork bun? Because <laughs> that's a project I think the government could get behind. You so have to teleport the pork into the bun. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's a sort of a catch more flies with honey situation. We just, like, instead of bombing people, we just send really good pork buns to them. Yeah. Like, oh, America's all right. I don't know if that would work so great in the places we're at war with right now. <laughs> but he's trying, L.A. No, least. but Dan's coming up with good ideas. Yeah. I mean, well, he's coming up with ideas. Look, I'm yeah. just spitballing here. Like, yeah, there's yeah, no we're, bad ideas We're in blue this room. sky in it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> smash cut. The kids are excited because they they're think... They're all right. The kids think they're going <laughs> to... You're welcome. The kids think they're going to be the ones who can go into this new dimension. Turns out, no, they're going to have professionals do that. The kids <laughs> that get, makes sense. That makes ki- perfect sense. The kids get mad. They sneak in. They teleport to this other dimension. Victor Von Doom touches some glowing lava. That makes the lava go crazy. Everything <laughs> blows up. They all get yeah. superpowers based on the thing that was touching them at the time. So a bunch of rocks hit Ben Grimm. He turns into a rock man. Uh, Johnny Storm's on fire, turns into a fireman. And, uh, and Reed Richards is, is I touched guess, by nothing. So, <laughs> so I guess like getting stretchy is like just the default thing that yeah. happens on that planet. Uh, Reed Richards, they all get captured by the government, and Sue Storm gets caught in an explosion and turns invisible uh, because she was around invisible at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was around the air. Yeah. So you can't see it, can you? Exactly. Uh, they get captured by the military. Reed Richards escapes. In, uh, there's some but, cool, but gross Doom, scenes of their Doom bodies gets getting left all... behind, right? Yeah, Doom gets left behind, uh, like the hit novel series of the same name. <laughs> yeah, sure. I think he's dead. It's a real, you know, it's a Martian situation. Yeah, uh, and so then Reed Richards is on the loose. The thing is being used by the military to blow up tanks and stuff with his punches. And Johnny Storm and Invisible Woman are learning how to use their powers. We are firmly at the end of Act One of the movie. Cue the last half hour of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> In which and they we gotta, go get Reed Richards, they bring him back, they go to the other planet, get Dr. Doom, he's turned into a crazy metal man with Akira powers, he's blown people's heads up left and right, he's decided the other world's better, he's going to destroy this world, creates a portal to bring all of Earth's matter over here, and they go through the portal, they come up with some cockamamie way that kicking him into a laser beam blows him up or something, <laughs> and they beat him, and that's the end. Yeah. I gotta... And the thing is, like, the movie is... The thing is made of rocks. (laughs) 
<laughs> thing is made of rocks. Uh, now, I wonder if he's rocks all the way through. That's like, <laughs> is he rocks? Are you all rocks the, all the way through? Yeah, or is there like an organic <laughs> guy brother. inside and then there's just like rocks on top of him? Like, you know, he's been like rolled in like or if there's nuts a, or there's something. Like a per- <laughs> yeah, there's a person inside all those nuts. Yeah. Also, the thing in this movie, in the comics, he's always wearing little underpants. In the movie, he's just nude all the time. So he has no, he has no, no genitals. No genitals, yeah. And possibly a butt, but we're not sure. <laughs> Everyone has a butt, Elliot. <laughs> now you're gonna, next thing you're going to tell me, everyone poops. <laughs> well, we were talking about whether the thing pooped or not. Yeah, what is it? He has whether, to eat, right? Yeah. Are his teeth made of rocks? Is it little pebbles? What about his tongue? Or? Now, because here's the thing about the Fantastic Four. Since they were created in 1961... The only thing anyone has ever thought of to talk about them is how their powers can be used sexually or for pooping. Yeah. That's it. For 50 years, this is the only conversation. This is how people talk about the Fantastic Four. They say they're really a family at heart. They're explorers, not just superheroes. What happens when he has sex with the Invisible Woman? Yeah. Like, that's how the She's conversation all stretchy. I mean, he's all stretchy, obviously. But also, in this movie, uh, in this movie, they have... In go, this go movie... We should, we should wrap it up pretty soon, too. I no, we're, we're doing... Uh, doing okay i think we got a little while but okay. um in this movie they uh <laughs> no i think we're out of time yeah. <laughs> the what they wear controls their powers and so if she takes off her clothes she turns invisible well she kind of fades in and out of visibility yeah so if she's having sex like it's a stretchy man having sex with an invisible woman at that point yeah which i'm sure is someone's fetish it's got to be. So, haven't you ever... I guess I recommend this movie, then? Haven't you ever... <laughs> haven't you ever, while having sex, been like, I wonder what's going on in there? <laughs> yeah. I love those Star Wars Incredible Cross-Section books. <laughs> yeah. That's when the invisible woman turns into the visible woman <laughs> in terms of oh, sex oh, yeah. stuff. Uh, anyway, so... <laughs> Moving along. So, uh, and then the last scene, the government has decided, you know what, Fantastic Four? You're all right. And they give them a special super secret hideout in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and they're like, we need a name for this group. We need a name. What are we going to be called? And they throw around stupid names. And then ju- the thing, whose life is terrible, he's just a walking boulder that they throw at stuff. He goes, it's all pretty fantastic. Uh, and... Meaning, it's because his life is terrible, I assume not fantastic, like great, but in the old like romantic literature use of the term is unbelievable, incredible. Uh, and, and, Excelsior. And Miles Teller goes, yeah, Miles Teller goes, wait a minute, say that word again? <laughs> he goes, I said it was fantastic. And he goes, guys, I think I got a name. And then it cuts to the logo, Fantastic Four, credits roll. I love it when that thing happens in movies where it's like the idea has gotten past the person's brain, but they still need the other person to repeat it for some reason, like to really like cement it in their mind. Yeah. Like, it's like, hold on, someone said something Wait, that gives me an idea. Say what you just said again. Uh, that I was wanted to have Chinese for dinner. Of course, Chinatown. Like, <laughs> that happens in the movie Chinatown, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinese for dinner. Yeah. But um, I brought home a, but I brought home this Boboli pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you brought home a bubbly? I guess from the supermarket. From the supermarket, yeah. yeah well, no, right. I'm. Wait, they make whole pizzas now. You have to bring it home from somewhere. <laughs> you got Lizzie live in the bubbly factory. It's not like it was takeout bubbly, which and everyone knows is a is a mad thing to say. <laughs> Insanity. <laughs> bubbly pizza is a pizza you make at home. That's halfway made for you already. <laughs> you find it on a rack like yeah. this. Anyway, those um, commercials no one remembers, I guess. Uh, so, so fantastic four. Here's the thing. 
when it was first starting <laughs> he's up. He's made of rocks. He's <laughs> <laughs> it's my job today. Nice, nice, solid. I, uh, the, around, I, I, re, I was actually enjoying the beginning of this movie. Because I was like, okay, this isn't my take on the Fantastic Four that I'm used to. Uh, and I have written for three of the four characters. <laughs> but anyway, so the, uh, it's not, my, although one of the stories was, was Reed and Ben going to their college graduation, college reunion. So it's not like a canon story or anything. But uh, the, one of the, uh, I was like, okay, this is good. Like, they're spending a lot of time developing these characters. That's fine. They have a real camaraderie. That's good. There's a little bit of fun. There's a yeah, but then a little it, bit. It gets really grim. Not just Ben Grimm. It gets really grim. Who's made of rocks? <laughs> <laughs> and it just like they ran out of time. Apparently, it was a longer movie, and they cut it down because they just run out of time for that movie. Yeah. Like, and then at the end of the movie. Uh, Doctor Doom. I mean, this is what I wanted to get into. Doctor Doom is like a guy who can like explode people's uh, heads, like scanner style. He does it to uh, what's his face uh, from Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson. He turns into like a metal Tetsuo, the Iron Man. And so they're mm-hmm. fighting him all. But over... now he doesn't turn into Tetsuo, the Iron Man. No. Yeah, they're fighting him over tetsuo. on this crazy planet, and. Mr. Fantastic is literally just punching him with his stretchy arms. <laughs> well, and you're like, why aren't you exploding his head? Well, m- you much, got that splody head powers. Much like Star Trek Into Darkness, the character is an unstoppable juggernaut of, of aggression until the end when the hero atta- attacks him and he's like, ah, punches, I can't deal with this. Yeah. To, I have no defenses. Yeah. Maybe deep down he still reads friend and doesn't want to kill him. Well, that yeah. would have been a really... Good theme to bring up, but instead... If it was they, in the movie. Yeah, but they don't. He was like, no, no, we were buds. I mean, they only knew each other for like a few weeks. We were weeks. buds. So why do they keep don't calling... Don't kill me. We were buds. <laughs> <laughs> Someday I'll be saying that to you, Ellie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like to believe I'm going to be plunging a mystic dagger into your heart. Uh, we should uh, now get to final judgments, I think. Uh, whether this was a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie we kind of like. Elliot, I think you've started it off already, so what do you have to say? Like, it wasn't a good, bad movie. I don't think it was as bad, bad a movie as it could have been, but it was not worth watching, particularly. So, you know. Like, I wasn't like, I wasn't in... <laughs> hey, I am... A, it's okay for me to have an opinion on it, audience. <laughs> like... I don't, I don't understand. There are people who are really invested in not liking Fantastic Four. Yeah, uh, I thought it was okay up to a certain point, and then it, it got super crazy. Just, Stuart, don't I, say that. The audience will rip you to shreds. Oh, no. Uh, and also, it's just so bland and grim, pun intended, who's made of rocks, um, <laughs> that it, it, I mean, it suffers from what I feel like a lot of the Fox superhero movies have, which is like blanding, like modernizing it by making it more bland and flat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, don't boo me, audience. Uh, <laughs> I marginally kind of like it. I, 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 no, 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 no. I think you should be booing yourselves. I think, I think what you have to understand this is. This turned into an episode of the Morton Downey you show. You have to understand the. <laughs> Contemporary reference from Elliot Kalen. Are you surprised? <laughs> what you have to understand is the curve that we are grading these things on. Having done eight we years watched Entourage of, last night. Yeah. And so having heard that this was a total piece of shit, I'm, I was glad to find it was only a partial piece of shit. 
that I mean, it's a turd, but it's like an old dried up turd you can just kick to the gutter and you should just shoe. As I said to the guys, I would watch it on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> it got the coveted Dan McCoy <laughs> Plane Award. Yeah. Hey, Max Fun community. This is your friend Elizabeth Gilbert, author of Eat, Pray, Love, and a bunch of other stuff. I am a longtime member, supporter, and devoted follower of Maximum Fun. And now, finally, I have my own podcast on the network. It's called Magic Lessons, and it is me coaching people through their creative issues and problems. This season, we have some amazing creators that we're helping through their joys and struggles of making something out of nothing. And then I bring in special guests like Glennon Doyle Melton, Brandon Stanton, Martha Beck, the poet Mark Nepo, Michael Ian Black, Sarah Jones, Gary Scheingart, these amazing friends of mine to come and help coach these people so that they can get their work done. I hope you'll tune into it. It's called Magic Lessons, and it's all about love. Hi, it's Dan popping in on this live episode to uh, give you a few words from our sponsors. And first, the Flophouse is supported by Squarespace, the simplest way to create a compelling website. From the strange to the downright bizarre, great stories define us. You should tell yours. With simple tools and templates, Squarespace helps you capture your story with a captivating website. Start your free trial today. Visit squarespace.com slash flop. You should Squarespace. Uh, This week we're also sponsored by Blue Apron. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash flophouse. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash flophouse. Uh, and we have a special message up on the Jumbotron this week. And it should be of special interest to anyone in New York who is a fan of a Max Fun podcast. And it goes a little something like this. Are you in the NYC area and want to make new Max Fun loving friends go out on great adventures and get the most out of your city? Max Fun NYC is an unofficial fan group of like-minded geeks who do great stuff like a recent Hinterlands meetup and a Star Trek premiere screening with Greatest Gins Ben Harrison. We've got a Prospect Park picnic planned on the 13th and one of our awesome karaoke nights on September 9th. I've uh, been to these karaoke nights. I've had a great time. Uh, if you want to hear me sing some David Bowie, this is your chance to do it in the wild. Uh, so check out maxfun.nyc for our full events calendar, plus guides and articles from our members, and join the conversation in the Max Fun NYC Facebook group. So that's all the housework for this week. Uh, sorry to have to jump in on the live show like this, but uh, now we take you back to the Bell House. And uh, our regular scheduled joke ups So, uh, but uh, we should move on now to uh, taking some questions from the audience. Okay. Um, Elliot, uh, I think you should give your traditional uh, speech to the question. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, this is something that I'm going to tell everybody to save us some time and, and uh, service, as you might say, if you were Ben Grimm's family. Uh, <laughs> which is, uh, a lot of times at these types of Q&As, People tend to run off at the mouth, say things nobody cares about, try to impress us. Uh, Here's what I would say. As you're walking up to the microphone, think to yourself in your head, if somebody who is not me was asking this question, 
would I care? And if the answer is no, then please think of another question. So is that, was that, that wasn't too that's harsh, it. right? That's perfect. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and also, here's a song about questions. Here's a song just about questions, not letters this time. Print is dead. Snail mail. Fail. It's all about the oral tradition. Talking out loud. Asking a crowd to ask us questions from them to us from you. Plural. Thank you. Wow, that was pretty quick. That was, yeah. We're, come on, there's another show after this, so we sure. got, I, can't, I can't sing as long as usual. All right. <laughs> Step right up. No. No, he, no you, don't, you don't understand how this works. They asked me something. I, I and you, okay, and so our first question. Ah, thank you. Adam, last name withheld. Hey, Adam. Hey. Uh, I, uh, Adam for... Carolla, everybody. This is a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Please call me Ace. Um, <laughs> I, why didn't that get a boo? Anyway, uh, I would like I would have a request a request and a question. Uh, one a request. Yes. Trademark copyright. <laughs> Mail it to yourself. <laughs> uh, I have in my hands a copy of one Flash Gordon holiday special. Oh. And I have st- I have signatures from uh, both Stuart and uh, Dan uh, Elliot. Would you complete this trifecta? I will. I'll tell you what. Give it to me and I'll sign it now. And then those guys can answer whatever. Is that the only question? Uh, no. There's a <laughs> okay, question then they can answer the question. But yeah, we'll do it. Yay. I was like, that was neat. Thank you. Uh, and um, my question is That's this. a comic book we wrote, not just a random comic book yeah. we were signing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I read actually somewhere that you guys were looking into developing the Flophouse as a television program. That was once. You've now, been reading Dan's dream journals? Uh... <laughs> I'd say we're looking into it in that we would accept anyone who's interested in doing it. Let him finish his question, Dan. Well, no, I'm just kind of wondering how that would play out. Would this be recast, like when they turned Uncle Buck into a TV show and John Candy was a Kevin Meany type all of a sudden? Oh. Oh, no. Oh, mic problems. Why don't you, uh, with uh, I'll just say, the Flophouse motto is, what would the TV version of Uncle Buck do? I was going <laughs> to... Yeah. Turn the mirror on yourself and ask. It's too bad uh, Elliot's mic isn't working because I feel like he has the most thoughts as like the most TV person of all of us uh, as to what would be... It's working uh, again. Yeah. Thank you. Yay! Thank you very much. That was an act of Jesus. Jesus, our technical guy tonight. Uh... I mean, I don't want to give away What do you think? Like an old-timey secrets. variety show? Here's how it would probably go. We are all sharing an apartment. Okay. Yeah. Uh, two of us are busty babes. <laughs> but we haven't figured out which two. So we're still working on it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Wait, thank you, I guess? Uh, it would have something about making fun of bad movies. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that answers your question. <laughs> does indeed. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Um, and we're switching up people at the microphone. It's a tight fit. Sorry about that. So we're all going to be really upset when Mad Max doesn't win all of the Oscars. Don't you say that. <laughs> <laughs> but besides Mad Max, what do you think are the biggest Oscar snubs? Uh, easy. Richard, Richard Jenkins should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Bone Tomahawk. Yeah! 
He's great in that. I can see that, yeah. Uh, so we're doing some snubs and flubs here. I don't... Yes, yeah, uh, you have one, flubs. like, locked and loaded. I don't... <laughs> I don't give a... I don't really care yeah, about... Yeah, poor showing this year from non-white people. Come on. <laughs> Step it up, non-white actors. <laughs> wow. Because according wow. to the Academy... Good night, everyone! You did... <laughs> Um, I'm just saying what Academy voters are thinking. Uh, I actually I don't really have strong feelings about the Oscars this year because I didn't really have like a lot of strong feelings about uh, movies this Aside year. Aside from Mad I also Max, saw very few it was a pretty blay. Like I didn't see a lot of the nominees yet. I liked uh, Ex Machina a lot, and I I did like Alicia Vic- Vikander got a nomination for another movie. Is that right? Am I right about that? I don't know. Danish girl, but she should have gotten a nomination for Ex Machina, I think. So that's what I say about that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's, I don't know. I got nothing. I got no answer to that. I don't know. So I guess that's it. I, mean, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> we made a lot of enemies just now. Yeah. Uh, hey, Peaches. Um, hey. Josh Weiss, punctuation withheld. Uh, so mm, clever. My, my question is the institute seems to be some kind of either magnet high school or uh, possibly uh, I'm guessing unaccredited university in the Fantastic Four movie you're talking yeah. about yeah okay yeah. not in real life no like no, you're not yeah, asking yeah. us if you should apply not anymore oh okay <laughs> uh, but my question is is that Victor Von Doom apparently dropped out so when did he get his doctorate it's a good question. It's a good question. It was probably when he was on that alien planet. Yeah, he went to the University of Alien Planet. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. this is something uh, I believe I handled in the story I was talking about where they were at their college reunion, okay. uh, where Reed Richards says to Victor Von Doom, but you were kicked out of the university. And, he, and uh, Dr. Doom says something about how they let him finish his degree online. <laughs> so... <laughs> So this, he probably just did that. This also brings to mind the, uh, Von Doom, uh, after being on the planet in the movie for a while, like shows back up with a cape and cowl for some reason. He's got a, like a green, it's like green cloak. It's yeah. like just a torn piece of green fabric that he's fashioned into a cloak. But I don't know where he got it. Yeah, just because like, it, it looks cool and evil. Like the it, planet, I guess, applied it. He's like, you're a villain now. Here you go. <laughs> he found one bolt of green cloth on the yeah. planet. Uh, please. Um, Anne-Marie, last name withheld, boys gone. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, this is... if you could take one popular movie quote and prevent anyone from being able to quote it excessively ever, which one would you pick? And, <laughs> and stop what? people from quoting it forever? What oh. movie, clo- what movie oh. quote could we keep people from saying Oh, man, there's so many. Ever again. <laughs> That's... I don't know. I've come around on my wife. <laughs> It's now. Now I think it's hilariously stupid <laughs> that anyone would bother. No, that's not true. But uh, Jeez. what about your favorite movie, Candy Shack, Elliot, or uh, Animal House? I feel like this all. It's, that's like... more. That's my problem with that is more that people used to come. This hasn't doesn't happen in a while, and I and I want to credit internet film culture for that. But what used to happen to me all the time is I'd meet people and be like, "Oh, you're a film guy, right? Oh, so I got that going for me, Candy Shack, <laughs> like." If I'm a film buff, I must know every line from Caddyshack. <laughs> and it was always Caddyshack. And I don't know why that was the movie that for some reason was the test of whether you were a true cineast. I love their confidence that their impersonation of 
Bill Murray William was going to be so good that you were immediately going to recognize it. But also, like, what? What? Okay, Caddyshack, great. What do I care? That's not, you know. <laughs> I feel like the thing about this is like it all comes in waves. Like they're just waves of like there's a movie that all the assholes are going to quote for a yeah. while. Like, like very few people say, "Do I do I make you horny?" Anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like I will. But like there was a time when it was inescapable. Teachers were saying it. <laughs> to me, oh God. <laughs> Now I know it was happening. Yeah, but I mean, like for a while it was Austin Powers, and then there was Borat, obviously as as referenced, and then like, but like even like going back, like I feel like growing and up. And there was that time when everyone was quoting The Prestige. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I what I had to say wasn't worth. No, no, say what we just say. No, I, I'm just saying like when I like when I was growing up, like it goes back to like something like I feel like there's a time where like all the assholes quoted Fletch, you yeah. know? Yeah. And uh, but then like as Chevy you say. Chase. <laughs> <laughs> Chief among them. <laughs> but time passes and then it becomes like nostalgic to hear someone do a shitty quote. So I don't really care, I guess, is the answer okay, to that question. So the answer, Stuart, do you have an answer? No, I think, I think all movie quotes are great and hilarious. Please keep doing them. <laughs> okay. Please. Hi, my name is Eric, last name withheld, and I work in finance and all the assholes still quote Fletch. Great. <laughs> um, but my, my Old question... Old school. But yeah, my question for you was actually... What movie that came out while you were doing the show do you wish you could have done an episode about the plot pass on, but just never got around to or never did? Was there a movie you're like, we should have done this, and then it just didn't happen? I feel like there's a bunch of them, but they're not coming to mind. I'm so so happy we didn't have to do Bucky Larson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I think that, like, there was a time where it was, like, there was a threat that we were going to do The Cobbler. I think that might have passed at this point. Which one? The Cobbler, the Adam Sandler oh, the movie. He puts on magic shoes every I thought you said The Cowboy. Minutes. It may still come up. We'll I don't probably know. do Depends it for on. that for Sad Timber when we just do Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's definitely been stuff, though, that I'm just like, oh, man. And then I realized that I'm getting sad about like not watching a terrible movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I oh, feel I okay. I didn't have to spend an hour and 40 minutes watching that crap. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah. So I hope that that's enough of an answer. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Hello. Hi, my name is Corinne Lesb- name withheld, and I apologize for asking questions two nights in a row, but that's you guys right. are awesome. Uh, <laughs> so I have two, two questions. The first one's really short. So the first one is, how you guys doing today, Dan and Stuart? <laughs> I'm okay. I'm fine. How are you uh, doing? <laughs> I hope this morning oh, wasn't thank too you. rough. I mean, yeah, they were out late no, last reason, night. I have a cold. But, you re- know, don't ask me. I'm the doing. reason That's we're right. being single. Normally, Ellie you know. would be snorting lines off of... The reason we're being right, single. I mean, my body is literally in a life-or-death struggle with pathogens. <laughs> you know, that's okay. But Elliot being I trust a, your immune Elliot, system. <laughs> Elliot, being a family man, went right home after the show. I mean, he hung around for a while, but he went went, right home. I went right home in that I ended up on a street corner talking to my brother for like 30 minutes. (laughs) Okay. But but Stu and I were at the bar. Wow, harsh boo for David Kalin. (laughs) Stuart and I were at the bar late. That's why uh, Elliot was left out of that concern. Yeah. But we're fine. Thank Thank you for asking. (laughs) My, My second question, which is slightly less short, is so other than telling the same jokes to the same people two nights in a row, how do you tell when you have a good joke? Uh, how do you tell when you have a good joke? And I apologize for my obnoxious laugh on both nights of the recording. That's all right. I thought it was lovely. <laughs> Which was her laugh? Uh, <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, okay, that's yeah. it. I still like it. I still like it. Uh, so, so professional comedy guys, what? 
How do you know? Oh, you, when you know, you just know. No, that's. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think that you do. I think that that's... if you think if you well, the thing is, you think the thing is funny, and then when you tell it to someone else and they laugh, that's good backup because it's very often that I think something's funny and nobody else does. <laughs> but other also often I'll say something that I think is funny and people laugh at it. So it's like I got a pretty good hit rate, I guess. Yeah, I think one of the good things about doing a well, doing a podcast, you don't necessarily know how the audience is going to feel, but I feel like when we do it, we're just trying to make each other laugh. Yeah, and I guess that's, that's right. a good barometer. If yeah. you guys either laugh or get irritated with me, I know that I'm lots of something. I did it. Yeah. And it's a lot more fun to make each other laugh than to, quote, write a joke, too, because, like, Elliot and Anything I... Anything is more fun than work. Yeah, I know, but... Uh, like as Elliot and I like I think have experienced you know when you're working as a comedy writer like comedy writers don't laugh at each other's jokes they just sort of nod and say that's funny mm. <laughs> I I mean uh, maybe sometimes but no we laugh but what we, we, when we laugh it's just when but it's we're, not we're like digging a, around it's like, not in that's like what a hostile way it's no like, not hostile at all okay. it's just it's, it's not like we're refusing to laugh it's just like mm, yes I see what you did there very nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> please sorry Jen Hello. Uh, last name Grillyakes I don't care if you know. Uh, <laughs> we got a rebel here, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Security. <laughs> we all, we all know that uh, the flop house cat is the Carrie of the show. Sure. She like doesn't add a lot of content, but is the main character, obviously. Mm -hmm. So who is the Miranda, Sick the Charlotte, and the Samantha, and why? Oh. Well, Stuart, I feel this like... This one's for the ladies, because they know what I'm talking I mean, about. Stuart has to be the Samantha, right? What? Give me some defining characteristics of Samantha. Uh, Before I, I gotta yeah. know what I'm agreeing to. <laughs> uh, she's the super slut party animal. Oh, perfect. Okay, I guess okay. that's me to a T. Uh, but then uh, I would. Well, here's the thing. Either Dan or I could be Charlotte or Miranda. Yeah. Because we both have our innocent sides. And we also both have our <laughs> sides. You know, where we're just I don't like know what that means. Very easily irritable. <laughs> Translates well to the podcast. Here's my problem. Samantha should be called Miranda, and Miranda should be called Samantha. Their names do not fit their characters. <laughs> Charlotte, right, so your I name guess continues. Call up uh, what's his face who did the like call him up in the time the time phone. And yeah, tell yeah, I'll use the time phone and call up what's his face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the old saying goes, use the time phone to call what's his face. Uh, thanks for the question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please. Hi, uh, my name Hi. is Allison. Hi, and Allison. I'm I'm sorry, Elliot, but I do have to say very quick, I'm an Earlham grad, so go Quakers. Sure, yeah. yeah. Hey, um, great school. Here's two fine alums right here, <laughs> yeah. and also one there. Thank you. I was too busy going um, to school in a big city, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's just, it's yeah. a good burn. <laughs> <laughs> Like every, every old school, I understand. But um, so my question is, if Seinfeld were to date you, what would be your reason that he had to break up with you? Oh. Wow, the audience loves that. <laughs> Mine would be that I would always be correcting him on things that didn't really matter. And then I do it in front of his friends and he gets really mad and he can't quite explain why he's mad. So we break up. That's a solid Seinfeld plot line. <laughs> yeah. This is why, don't you, why don't you use the time phone and call him What's-His-Face? <laughs> What's-His-Name? I've got two comments for you. One is about Sex and the City. One is about Seinfeld. So I hope you worked on both. 
I'd say every time Jerry and I would go out, uh, we'd go out to restaurants, and he would always have problems with the service, or they'd send him the wrong meal or whatever, and I would always be too blasé about it, like, oh, just don't worry about it, eat the food you don't like, and he would not like that and at you, all. And then you tell him to tip big, even if the service wasn't great. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like, not as good of an episode, but that's okay. No, that's still a good episode. That's a solid episode. <laughs> it's got to be something small and irritating, So right? So I think... I mean, it could be something huge. Like, maybe you're like, it turns out you're <laughs> no, a No, no, no. Right? <laughs> yeah. The whole point is, like, you know, he's an asshole, right? That he that's just, for like, sweet, finds sweet. something. That's, that's one interesting reading of Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe that, like, sometimes I can't be bothered. I'm too lazy to take socks off before sex. I think that would be... <laughs> that would probably be what he'd break me up before. That's Glad that it's laziness and not, like, a fashion statement. <laughs> Look, I bought these nice socks. Yeah, yeah. And then I can already see the scenery is complaining to Elaine. He's like, they're socks. How hard is it to take them off? They slip right off. That's right. So that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. We've got our spec script, everybody. Please. Hi, uh, Matt, last name withheld. Uh, I had a great question about sex with socks on, but you guys ruined that. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> My question is from the movie. What do you think the age range was for that science fair? because I could not wrap my brain around it when I was watching it. It seems to be 1 to 101. I don't know. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, it's like the game Sorry. <laughs> yeah. his, his, the, his booth is literally next to a little kid's booth who's, whose presentation seems to be like, I have a toy plane. Like, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what... I don't know what, he, what ward he was going for. And he fails his science project because it's not science, but what's that plane science? Is it just the science of having a plane? I mean, like that maybe it's uh, economics as like a soft science, like you had to <laughs> sure. buy it? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess we're moving on. Hi, guys. Uh, Craig, last name withheld. Uh, so most of your movies end up being bad, bad movies, and it seems like the main reason is that they're just, they're just boring. So how, how is it possible that a multi-billion dollar industry is consistently churning out stories that are boring? Is it, and, and is it that they're just enamored that they think people are addicted to explosions and awesomeness and they don't care about character development and story or, or whatever? That's part of it. I mean, my serious answer to that would be fear of risk. Yeah, that, I think that the, the answer to the question is in the question, the fact that it's a multi-billion <laughs> <Whoa>. dollar. <laughs> did I blow your mind? I did. <laughs> Are you Von Doom? You just blew my mind up. <laughs> no, but the fact that they're spending, they're, they're, they're such a big investment that they're risk averse. They have to, they have to go to the widest possible audience yeah. because they spent a hundred and some odd million, like two hundred million dollars on it, and so they, they kind of don't want to risk any any of that money. And so, clearly, yeah. the ones we like the most are the ones that are on the smallest budget, are the biggest passion project, and thus we feel the most bad when we make fun of them. Yeah, but those are the craziest ones. Yep. What? <laughs> I thought I heard someone yell something. <laughs> Hi, Ryan, last name withheld. So, I like to interact a lot with my favorite podcasts. <laughs> that like, like, sounds like a threat. Okay. That is on the, on the not internet. a creepy way of putting it. Yeah. Which which and, which type of law and order are we now the victims? <laughs> and and my question is, how often is too often to like tweet at you guys? Like every time I'm at Popeyes, every time I watch Castle Freak, every time my cat knocks something off the table and I mournfully sigh at them. 
I mean, so it, what's the Twitter etiquette of interacting yeah, with podcasters? Exactly. Wow. Twitiquette. Uh, I don't, you know, I mean, if it's something like heartfelt and personal, I don't mind at all. Uh, or if it's just something silly. Uh, I did mention last night that uh, we got something like 80 different notifications that there was a Tales from the Crypt M. Night Shyamalan reboot. <laughs> and so if it's been widely reported in the news, I think you can assume that we've seen it already. <laughs> Or we will very soon. Yeah, but otherwise, I don't think... Yeah, you guys are Hollywood movers and shakers. I mean, tweeting is literally like the least intrusive form of interaction there could be. Maybe if you think to yourself, am I doing this too much? You may be, but <laughs> who knows? I about everything all the time, so... Okay. Then I don't okay. know. Well, but it's a, it's a, you got to feel it out yourself. Look inside um, you. Gents, uh, Lewis, last name Proudly Krieger. Uh, I would like to listen to the door, if I can, in Radio Zork. Oh, okay. Listen to the door. Okay, that was a choice that was offered yesterday yes, in Radio no, Zork. I, I, I was not here, but I have friends who would, but I'd like to put my ear against the door. Okay, that was good. Choice was to put the ear against the door to listen. You place your ear against the door, hoping to catch some sound that might help you to catch the attention of the occupants inside. You do not hear anything. <laughs> Do you A, pull your ear from the door, B, knock again, or C, try the knob? Tune in next week. Uh, we'll have another choice and on next week's Radio Zork. On, uh, on that note, we should wrap it up because there is uh, another event in here after us. So uh, I would just like to thank everyone who came out uh, last night, tonight, both, both nights in some cases. There are people who came in from out of town, out of state, yeah. out of this world. Thank you to the Bell House for being so nice to us. Yep. Thank you to Matt and Jesus in the booth. Mm -hmm. Literally Jesus in the booth as our co-pilot. Uh, for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. And I continue to be Elliot Kalin. Good Thank night, everyone. In three, two. Tonight we want. Sorry, I ruined it already. <laughs> I ruined That's it already. That's the one. Done and one. Yeah, do we get that, Matt? Do we get that? That's why they call him One Mess Up McCoy. <laughs> he right. only needs one take to shit the bed. Uh, let's try that over again. <laughs> sure. Maybe count down from a higher number. I don't know. <laughs> Because it seemed like it took you by surprise yeah. when you hit the end of that countdown. My brain needed to catch up with what was going on. Yeah. All right, here we go. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Flophouse. <laughs> Puberty! Why haven't you come for me? It's rare, it's rare that you, when you witness a man with a full beard just start puberty. Oh, boy. I was up late last night at a bar, all right? All right. One more time. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. 
listener supported. Hello! This month's Beef and Dairy Network podcast is an Olympic special recorded here on Ipanema Beach in Rio de Janeiro. We'll be tackling all the big issues. Should athletes be allowed to eat lamb? Should Olympic equestrian riders be able to ride on a cow? All these questions and more answered in this month's Beef and Dairy Network Olympic special. Find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh